So, as Kate and Neil have both said, we're in Advent, and this is week two, and I've been asked to talk on the gift of patience. And um, I'm trusting that lovely Brian will be able to work out where to put my slides up, because we haven't had a chance to uh, get together and talk about that, so um, bear with me if that doesn't happen. So this is the second of a four-part series. Christmas is two weeks away now. Three weeks? Two weeks? Yeah. Um, and, I don't know, it all seems to melt into one, doesn't it? And last week, Kate was talking about the gift of anticipation. And God is in the darkness working, even when we cannot see it. But we know that he's working. And I was just thinking about um, a time when I was in Wales many years ago near, um, near Snowdon. And there's a very, very long tunnel. And you start off and you go in and you can sort of see the light behind you and you go in. And then you get to that point in the middle where you're actually in total darkness and you can't see what's behind, and you can't see what's ahead. So you keep going, and then you see the light coming. And, um, and I feel that, you know, sometimes that can be what we're like. You know, we, we know we're going in the right direction, and we need to keep going through the darkness towards the light. So let's start off thinking about what Advent is. Okay? Um, we tend to think of Advent as it is in the lead-up to Christmas Day, Think of calendars, chocolate, and these days you can get gin, you can get everything else, you can get little homemade ones where people put little gifts in, and all sort of building up to that big day, all those little gifts. We think of the familiar nativity story in the Gospels, and if you haven't listened to it yet, do listen to Sarah Williams' wonderful podcast that she put out this week, because um, there's some really lovely sort of stories about what people think about Christmas and the different characters involved. Um, and that's true, and that's what it is about. It is about looking forward to the birth of Jesus, reflecting and remembering on that story. And, but also, it can mean looking forward to Jesus' second coming. The, um, the Greek word for Advent is parousia, and that is very much about the second coming, the time when Jesus will come again. And so it is. Ooh. Is it all right? Keep going. <laughs> And so it is that we're firmly in the liminal space between the two. You know, Jesus' first coming, Jesus' second coming. The now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. And if you've been in this church or another vineyard for any length of time, that's a really familiar phrase. And that's why we need the gift of patience. As believers, we've encountered Jesus. We've seen glimpses of his glory. And we've been filled with his Holy Spirit. But we're also aware that the kingdom has not yet fully come. You know, we've only got to read the news. We've only got to, you know, look around us to know that there's still um, places where the kingdom of God is nowhere near being actualized. <clears throat> so many of the Gospels look at Jesus' birth and bring in the characters that we're so familiar with. But John's Gospel doesn't do the birth stories. He jumps straight into the reason and the purpose for Jesus' coming. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he goes on, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So he's echoing that whole story of God from creation through to the time yet to come. We've got the creation, then we've got the prophets and all the patriarchs of the Old Testament. And then there was a long gap, hundreds of years, where nobody spoke. And then Jesus came on earth. And he came, he was born, as we know, as we're looking forward to in this season, he died, he, he was risen again, he was resurrected, and now we're in that second gap, waiting for the time when he comes back, waiting 
for him to be made flesh again and for him to take us up into glory with him. And that's why we still need our gift of patience. So let's look a bit more about what patience is. Oh, have I gone? <laughs> We're flowing in and out, I'm sorry. Um, patience is the, uh, being able to tolerate delays, problems or suffering without becoming annoyed or upset. Showing calm self-control and not being hasty or reckless. Well, I certainly need that gift of patience. <laughs> um, and it's actually a great gift, not just in our everyday lives that are even busier in the lead up to Christmas, but also in our walk with the Lord as we wait for his return. Like any generation of believers before us, we're feeling now that in this dreadful state of affairs that we find ourselves in, surely Jesus is coming back soon. Surely it's bad enough that he's going to come back and take us out of this, you know, the circumstances we find ourselves in. And so, you know, here we are, waiting. Patience is synonymous with waiting. Why do we have to wait, though? And how do we wait? So we just want to look at what Paul says about it. He sets the scene in, you know, the whole story of God from the creation right through to looking forward to Jesus coming back again. So let's read Romans. Romans 8. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But we, if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So, this is a great description of where we are in God's story. And this is why we wait. For God to fulfill his purpose started in creation. Jesus' time on earth brought God's kingdom in a new way. And he brought the Holy Spirit. And Paul talks about the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, one of which is patience. And we as believers here, we have the Holy Spirit. We have that gift of patience if we are trusting in the Spirit and allow his fruit to develop in us. So, patience then is part of God's process. Let's look at some other scripture. Looking at 2 Peter. God is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So our patience is not for us particularly, but it's for God, for God to fulfill his purpose, for all that he wants to be brought into his kingdom, to, to find their way and, and come, to, come to know him and come to repentance. And back in Romans again, a bit further on from the passage we've just read, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So God is being patient with us as well, waiting for us to be ready, waiting for the time to be right for the fulfillment of his purposes in his kingdom. 
So, patience is part of the process, but patience can be passive. We look at the Psalms. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked ways. And then also in Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard me cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. So there we see that patience, a passive patience, waiting for God. Not being annoyed, not being anxious, not fretting, but waiting, having self-control, waiting for God to act. But also, patience can be active. And back in Peter. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. So, you know, patience can be passive, but patience can be active. We can take that gift of the Holy Spirit, that fruit of the Spirit, patience, and by living the lives that God has given us to, to live, by being the people that God has called us to be. Neil's done that wonderful series recently about what we should be, how we should be to each other, and how we should be to the world around us. By doing those things, by being God's people, by extending God's kingdom wherever we go, we can speed the time when he comes back. And that's how we can be active in our patience. So I kind of feel of it, it's a bit like a bicycle. You know, you've got your two pedals. Sometimes you need to be passive and wait for the Lord. Sometimes you need to be active and demonstrate the, the, the fruit of the spirit of patience by being who he's called us to be, being salt and light in the world, hastening the day when he returns. So which pedal do you need to push? I like to think I'm the person on the left, you know, freewheeling, arms out, just pedaling along, probably a bit more like the one on the left, little kid just starting out just with the stabilizers lifted, hands outstretched to be caught if I fall, helmet on, and just sort of trying out. Pressing on each pedal as you need to. You know, there are times when you will need to be passive and wait for the Lord and allow him to bring forth the things that he needs to bring. And there are times when you need to be active and push in to what he's calling us to do and stepping out to um, bring the kingdom, extend the kingdom wherever we go. So there might be times in this season where it's busy, there's lots going on, where you need to slow down, where you need to take time to listen to the Lord, to let him work in you and let him work through you. But also, there may be times when you need to press in, where you need to step up, where you need to serve, where you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone and be God's kingdom, be an extension of God's kingdom. <coughs> We need to do both. So, that's the core of the message. I want us to look at Romans again. I want us to look at it in the message because actually it's the nativity time, isn't it? It's coming up to the birth of Jesus. And what I love about this message version is that it actually brings out that whole analogy of, of the pregnancy and the birth pangs. And I want us to think about that and just... Um, you know, as I read it, just re you know, listen to the words and, and think about the analogy of, um, of the birth pangs. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. I think we need to hold on to that. These feel like hard times, and good times will be coming. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation 
is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the, the joyful anticipation deepens. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain through the world are simply birth pangs, simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. And that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, do not see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. I don't know about you, I think of patience as quite a hard thing. Reading this, I think, oh, patience is good. Patience brings about the good things that we want. You know, um, so what are we waiting for? There's lots of analogies in the world, and actually in the, in the scriptures we'll see in a minute. We're waiting for like fine wine to mature. If we have that too early, it won't be anywhere near as good. I think that goes for some other lovely spirits as well. We're waiting for the baby to reach maturity to the point where it is ready to be born. A premature baby is not a good thing. We're waiting for the grain, for the fields to be ripe for harvest. You know, we can't, we can't reap them until they're ready. And then with a little nod to our festive season, we're waiting either for the time to open the tin because all the cooking's done and we're not allowed to touch it till Christmas, or even for the cake itself to bake and to be ready and not have a soggy bottom or be soft in the middle. Timing is everything, and we have to wait patiently for the good things. So, how do we wait? Let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We need to keep pressing in. We need to keep being active in our patience, in our waiting. We let us not become weary in doing good. Keep on doing the good things. For at the proper time, when the time is right for the baby to be born, for the field to be harvested, for the cake to be taken out of the oven, for the wine to be uncorked, we will reap that harvest. For the revelation awakes an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. You know, that lesser-known prophet Habakkuk, who I didn't know how to spell till just recently, um, he talks about the revelation awaiting the appointed time. He was just one of many prophets speaking forth about the time when not just Jesus would come, but when Jesus would come again. And some of the prophets were fulfilled. You know, when Jesus came, we look at the nativity story, we see so many of the prophets' revelations fulfilled in his birth and in his life. There's still more to come. We're still waiting. We need to. See. It speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. And we've seen a taste of that through Jesus' life and death and resurrection, through his working in our lives. We have seen a taste of what's to come, and we need to hold on to that and not give up. James, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. 
James and Peter and Paul and all the generations since probably thought that that coming was going to be in their lifetime. We might think that coming is going to be in our lifetime. The Bible's really clear. We don't know when it's coming. But we do need to be patient. We do need to be ready. Waiting patiently, being still, waiting patiently, stepping out, extending the kingdom. We don't know when it's coming, but we need to be ready for when, he, when it does come. So, let's look through. Let's just recap. The gift of patience. Patience is part of God's process. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is something that God is doing because he loves us and he wants everybody, the whole creation, to be taken up into, um, into his glory and to be fulfilled. Patience can be passive. Take time to listen to God and to let him work in you and through you. But patience can also be active. We can demonstrate his kingdom and help it to come quickly. We need to keep moving forward like pedals on the bicycle, sometimes being still and waiting patiently, sometimes stepping out and extending the kingdom and being patient and letting those things happen. For the end of Romans, that section I read, if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. You just want to think about those pictures, that baby being about to be born, that wine waiting to be ready to, to be drunk. We know what's coming. We may have tasted a little bit of it. We know that a baby, you know, we, nowadays we have the sonogram, we can see the baby before it comes. We know what we're hoping for, and we need to wait patiently for the timing to be right. We wait for breakthrough, for everyday miracles. And ultimately, we wait for the triumphant return of Jesus when we will finally see face to face what we now only catch glimpses of.